0: Good morning everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. So yummy. Today is Tuesday, April 16th. And we're already in the second half of April, huh? Time just flows on by, don't it? <laughs> Well, time goes fast for me when I'm buried in a book like this. I think that's the take-home message there. (laughs) The birds stop singing as I walk outside. It's all right, I'm not going to get you. There we go. It's a lovely morning so far. A little bit of a breeze starting to stir. David did not have fun fishing yesterday. It was um, not nearly as nice out there as he had hoped. I kind of wondered. Oh, gracious. As soon as I sit, he gets in my office window and starts whining. What? What, cat? (laughs) You guys hear that pitiful meow? So much pitifulness. All right, let's go harness him up. Wouldn't be first cup of coffee without some cat wrangling, right? Come on. No, 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 don't run. He likes to run. His favorite game to be chased. Put on the little radio collar first, then the harness. Goes over his head and then he puts his paw through that loop. Then we fasten on this side. Good boy. See if we can do this without disconnecting the microphone. Okay. Don't struggle. As soon as I get him outside, he starts ready to run. There we go. What a good boy! Shall we take a picture of you for the gang at home? Let's do that. Say good morning, Jackson! Jackie boy! <laughs> he says he doesn't want to have his picture taken. There. <laughs> and here comes Isabel. Everybody's checking out the nice weather. Okay, there you go. All right, now I can go back and sit in the sun and drink my coffee now that cats are attended to. So anyway, David got out to the lake and it was um, windy... That cold wind was blowing, and the water was pretty choppy and churned up. He did bring home an interesting plant for the pond. And yesterday afternoon, he put the koi out in the new pond in the back. So, we're moving along. Wisteria's got buds on it. Lilac's got buds on it. What? How'd you get hung up already? Oh, I see, you got knotted. There we go. And, um, yeah, Fiery Citadel's coming along pretty well. I passed 70,000 words. Still thinking I'm going to come out somewhere around 82. Still have not figured out how they're going to get out of this terrible problem. But I think I'm going to have to figure it out today. Maybe it'll come to me. Come to me in a dream. Sometimes they come to you in dreams. Usually they come to me in the middle of writing. I just keep writing and then all of a sudden the solution presents itself. So I'm going to get my new treadmill this afternoon. (laughs) Though I haven't minded my um, bedroom alternative. I might do that more often just because it's nice to have a change of pace and a change of view. Where are you going? He thinks he's taken off down the road. I guess we might as well cavil to that. What do you guys think? First cup of coffee becomes first catwalk. That's what we get for the nicer weather is the kitties go on the rampage. Yes, hang on. Look at you. There. That's right, yesterday I just kind of let him run around on his rope, didn't I? Just keep an eye on him. When he's got a long rope like that, I can generally run out there and grab him before he takes off for parts unknown. We'll see what happens there. I think we're supposed to get some rain tomorrow. It's supposed to be pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm at this stage of the book where Uh, I'm starting to get sorry to let it go. (laughs) It's such a funny, emotional ride, isn't it? You know, it's like for so long, it's like, oh God, when am I going to finish this book? When am I going to get it done? And now I'm kind of dragging my feet and thinking, well, what am I going to do with myself next week when it's over? Which is a fine question. Now, I actually have a couple of things lined up to work on. I told... I think that's part of why I turn around and work on the next book pretty fast. I told David I wasn't going to turn around and right away work on the next book. I was going to take a few days off, and I'm going to try to do that. We'll see how it goes, but then I start feeling a little bereft. What are you hung up on? He went over by the firewood. I think he snagged on something. Let's see if he gets himself free. So, I'm trying to decide if I want to talk about this or not. I think I... uh, Yeah, I think I will. Um, So, I finished reading the third book in Maria Vale's trilogy. And you guys know that I really loved The Lost Wolf. And then I really loved the second book, A Wolf Apart, which I don't think I talked about yet. Um, it moved on to another um, character in the book, Elijah, who's a lawyer and living in the city. And about his struggles. And that was beautifully done, too. Just really a compelling book. And I just haven't gotten around to re- reviewing it yet, but I will. Oh good, he got himself free. Jackson, not Elijah. Elijah gets himself free too. So then the third book, The Forever Wolf. Uh, This is going to be totally spoilery. So, you know, cover your ears or turn off now. And I'll try not to say anything else interesting that's not to do with this. But the thing is, is that The Forever Wolf... Does not have a happy ever after. Um, it's, it's darker. Each book gets progressively darker. So I can understand why, you know, somebody commented on Goodreads that Lost Wolf or Last Wolf wasn't for them because it was too depressing. And I didn't find Last Wolf depressing, but the stakes get increasingly impossible. And I say this being someone who creates Impossible stakes. Uh, Having put my character in a situation that I don't know how they're going to get out of. Um, And there is a lot of blackness and despair in my books. And I do try to own that. Because the whole point for me is that they triumph over that. And... You know, this book two of my trilogy is in a dark place because it's, it's basically the midpoint of the trilogy, right? And so they are going to have to rise up and overcome, uh, which I feel like is not spoilery for me to say because that's what I write. I write about people triumphing over terrible circumstances. So, in this third book, The Forever Wolf, um, you know, that things are just increasingly imperiled. And it's slightly agenda-heavy, which is something you guys know I talk about a whole lot. I absolutely believe in, you know, that what you believe in influences your voice. And we all tell the stories that we want to, uh, you know, that reflect our beliefs in the world. And so Maria Vale is a big believer in uh, protecting endangered species and protecting wolves. And I get that. You know, I'm I'm a wildlife person, too. Uh, I also lived in Wyoming for a really long time and worked with Wyoming Game and Fish. And so we have... Slightly different ideas on how wolves should be managed. But, you know, I wouldn't disagree with her on it. But the one thing that I can always say to you folks, and that I will say no matter how many martinis you feed me, <clears throat> is that stories should always trump agenda. That it's always more important to tell a good story than to push your agenda. And if you start going in the other direction, uh, the story, by definition, suffers, right? Because you're putting the story second. So it's really important to keep that in mind because in some ways, I don't know if I would say that the story suffered, but the story became dark because she wanted to show how terrible the hunting is and how bad it is for the wolves. And, you know, of course, the wolves are also people. And so, I mean, it is an emotionally resonant way to tell the story. And I think maybe that was more important to her than anything else, which is where it becomes a problem for me because, and now we're getting to the super spoilery part, although I already told you that uh, there's no HEA or no... Happy for now, is that she builds up a great conflict between the hero and heroine, and their love affair seems doomed. And in the end, they are indeed doomed. Uh, and I'll tell you what it is that happens. Give you a pause. You could come back in like a minute, and I'll, I won't be saying it anymore. So what happens is is that they're both locked into wolf form. At the end, they sacrifice to save the rest of the pack, and they're locked into wolf form, which means that they can never turn human again. Um, they're still together; they're a mated pair of wolves, but they're not um, able to talk to each other. They, she builds up throughout the whole series that having sex in skin is always more preferable because you, or they always have sex in skin because that's how it feels good. Um, and they will never have that again. Uh, They're going to have puppies, which is great, but they're not going to get to know their, or pups, they always say pups, they won't get to know their pups as children. And for me, that does not count as a happy ever after. Uh, I cried at the end. It was a powerful ending. It was a powerful story. Um, It violates the romance contract. And so I think that'll that ends the non spoilery part <laughs> for those who went away and are coming back. No more spoilers. So let's say I could say at uh, fourteen thirty, it ends up being spoiler free again. So I think that that's something. I don't know. You know, romance gets a lot of um disdain for, you know, you know how it ends, that it's going to have a happy ever after. And the thing is, is that ending a story tragically, all right, so, so here's part two of Tuesday, April 16th. Uh, I don't know why it stopped recording, it just stopped, I swear I didn't do anything. So, ending the story tragically, in my opinion, is easier. And when you have... Sorry if I'm repeating, because I don't remember exactly what I was saying when it stopped. I did check, but I don't know what I said before that. (laughs) I need to learn how to splice these together. Somebody teach me how to splice these together. I should go online and look. Anyway... uh, I think ending a story tragically is easier because especially if you set up really good conflict and you have a hero and heroine who are, um, it seems impossible for them to overcome the obstacles and live happily. You know, and we can go with the classic example of Romeo and Juliet. You know, they try, they try to overcome their obstacles. They try to run away from Verona entirely. Uh, there's lots of death and destruction. They ultimately fail through a series of misunderstandings, which we really wouldn't allow for much now because, <laughs> you know, it's like if only they communicated slightly better, everything would have been fine. <coughs> Isabel's going off into the plants and Jackson's up on the car watching her. It's pretty funny. Uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to figure out a way for that to be overcome. Especially without pulling in the god machine, the deus ex machina, and waving your magic wand and making the obstacles disappear. Which is why some romances don't work, right? Because, you yep. know... Why And why I contend that a lot of romantic comedies don't work, because a lot of romantic comedy movies rely on the characters just saying, oh, I don't care about that stuff. I love you, and I want to be with you. And it's unsatisfying, because they haven't solved any of the problems. <laughs> they, it's just sort of this idea that somehow love conquers all. And while in romance we do believe that love conquers all, um... It's mostly, it's it's more that love enables you to actually make the sacrifices and do the things required. And, uh, you know, when when circumstances force the lovers into a less than ideal ending, then it is, um, you know, love hasn't conquered all. Love was defeated by other circumstances. And now they don't get the fullness of the relationship. So, that's my rant for the day. I might see if I can splice this on. Uh, So much for my uh, deftly trying to time the spoilers and so forth. You know, and, and I should continue to say that I think Maria Vale is an amazing writer, and I totally glommed these books. I read all three books in the course of a week, and it was great for me in writing my books because the uh, storytelling, the power of the storytelling, really fed my prose. You can tell when it's doing that, when your prose is being fed. You know, some authors don't like to read anything while they're writing because they worry about it leaking into their own story. Uh, And it's helpful sometimes to read something that's like a totally different genre. And this is certainly a different enough genre that I don't have to worry about the ideas leaking in. I don't worry about that over much anyway. Um, But, yeah, I mean, she's a fantastic writer. But, uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm disappointed. Here I am with my... Kevin Klein from A Fish Called Wanda, gift that I would love to be able to attach. (gasps) Disappointed! There we are. But now I'm going to go work on my own story, and I will make it be what I want it to be. So I hope you all have a lovely Tuesday, and I will probably blog tomorrow from the new treadmill, and then I'll be back on the podcast on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.